Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Roundtable podcast, where we talk about everything MSU athletics. Today, I'm once again joined by my wonderful friend, Justin. If you want to introduce yourself one more time, just for anybody who wasn't listening last time you were on. Of course. My name is Justin. I'm super, super happy to be back. I was with my dearest friend, Bella, a few weeks ago. I am a student section leader for the Izone and the Munsters. And yeah, I'm super excited once again to talk about some sports, talk about some March Madness. And yeah, let's just get right into it. Yeah, like you said, March Madness still is ramping up towards Elite Eight coming up tomorrow. Um, But I want to really quick touch on the women's side of the tournament. Um, MSU is not in it, but there have been some insane upsets. Most notably, I would say Miami upsetting Indiana. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not expect that. I had Indiana going to the Elite, or, yeah, I had them going to the Elite Eight. I thought they were going to go way farther than they did. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I I was actually thinking about this when I was watching and seeing the scorelines come out. I I think this is kind of a theme that's starting to emerge within the men's and the women's brackets, but especially in the women's, um, I feel like if you paid attention to the sport for the past 10, 15 years, there's always been super, super dominant one seeds that's mm-hmm. really just you know don't lose up into the tournament even if you know even if they do lose um teams i'm thinking of are uconn south carolina kind of recently i know notre dame and louisville kind of get sprinkled in there too but mm-hmm. um I've, i feel like i'm just so used to seeing the women's tournament and i'm I'm so used to seeing uconn go 30 and 0 and make the title game and now there's starting to be a lot more parity within the last few years of of you know iu losing this year and and stanford actually losing yeah. as a one line too and it's really weird seeing Stanford lose that early in the tournament also like like you're saying there's so the teams this year are so good like mm-hmm. there are so many standout teams yeah. and like I know I was seeing stuff viewership for the women's tournament is up like a lot like these are incredible athletes or incredible games if mm-hmm. you like if you've never watched a women's basketball game before and you turned on one game sometime during this month like you would enjoy it oh, like yeah. it's incredible oh yeah um stanford losing i just scrolled down and remembered that that was incredible i mm-hmm. they lost to old miss yep um the crazy thing too with these is that it's um the first round or two i don't know if it's next round two but i know these are at the home sites so miami mm-hmm. played at indiana and you know about assembly hall it's impossible to go and get a win in assembly yeah. hall so that's that's a, a much more impressive feat than I think people are realizing, too. Yeah. No, I definitely wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. But my my bracket, my Final Four is still in it for the women's tournament. There you I, go. I've got South Carolina and Iowa and then LSU and UConn. There you go. I'm still f- feeling confident about that. Yeah. I got shaken up by the Indiana, but... No UConn, right? <laughs> is that what you said? No, I have UConn in there. Oh, you said UConn. Okay. Yeah, they're in there. Got it. But I, I had Indiana losing to LSU eventually. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to see where this goes. It's uh, it'll be exciting. Very fun watch. I hope Caitlin Clark stays in. She's definitely my favorite player of of all time. You think so? I I think she's wonderful. I think she's done <laughs> so much for the game, the women's game. I think she, I think she, she has. Yes, I think she embodies the new like, the new era of basketball where you can pull up from the logo. And and it's I don't want to call this a, a Steph Curry esque, you know, era of basketball, but you mm-hmm. definitely see this in like in younger basketball players coming up in the game. It's like the style of play is different, and I think Caitlin Clark really embodies that on the woman's side, and it's just 
so fun to watch. I, I really hope she goes far with with her Hawkeyes. Um, oh, I think she's going to. They're a great team yeah. all around. I'm a big Angel Reese girl at the moment. All right, yeah. I think she's incredible. Yeah, she plays for LSU. Mm. I don't know. I'm the national championship game is going to be so good. No matter yes. who it is, it's going to be incredible. Huge fan of the LSU coach too. I know. I, I really love her. I think she's really. A really great coach up and coming. She reminds me a lot of Pat Summit, to be honest. She does. Tennessee. She has a lot. Uh, I've seen some, I think on TikTok, I see some videos that some of the players make. And like the, you can tell just by the way they're joking around with her that they have like such a good relationship. And I think that's so important yeah. with anything. And she's any so sport. passionate. She's she so is. energetic. Like she, you can tell she really just is an the embodiment of what a college coach should be. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on over to the men's tournament now how how's your bracket doing how are your expectations so my bracket is actually doing pretty well i am first in a lot of my groups either first or second which feels great going into the the second weekend um it was really interesting when i went to sit down and make the bracket i i sat down a few different times and you know you you pull up the different stats and the metrics and you know i'm i was on like ken palm and be like the bpi and all mm-hmm. these different stats right and I was looking to see, you know, all the matchups and I I had a moment a few hours before the brackets locked and I was just like every year I do this and I I try to like make the best statistical pick and something crazy happens every time and I was like, you know what? Let me just go based off feel um for a lot of these picks and I switched up a lot of my stuff and mm-hmm. it's it's worked out really well for me. Um you know, if you if you look at well I'm sure we'll talk about this soon but Purdue and Fairleigh Dickinson, if you look at them from like a metric standpoint, mm-hmm. you would never ever pick Fairleigh Dickinson, no, especially yeah. since they were on the 16 line. But that was such a fun game to watch. Oh, it was. It was so good. I was cheering for, for FDU. The oh, whole yeah, time. of course. Did you see that their coach got a new job already? Yes. Yeah. So I, from what it looked like, it went, it was him to Iona mm-hmm. and Rick Patino at Iona um, to Rick Patino to St. John's. Okay. I yes. actually didn't know where Rick Patino went. But. Yeah. No, as soon as I I was watching it, I was like, he's about to get a job offer. Yes. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. I mean, oh, that game was just so good. Yeah. I almost didn't even watch it because I was like, okay, I know how it's going to go. Of course. I'm so glad I turned it on, though. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah, that that's the only game in the east side of the bracket that I got wrong, which I'm pretty – or the east quadrant. I'm yeah. pretty proud of that. I'm feeling <laughs> – not so confident going into um, Elite Eight. I kind of – I picked Kansas State to win against MSU. Okay. I have it I, flipped. I kind of want to – I wish I picked MSU now. Yeah. Um, They've just been playing so well, and I think it shocked a lot of people. I was shocked. I, I was feeling nervous about the USC game. Yeah. And seeing the way that they played after that, I was like, oh, they can do it again. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of those picks, too, where I was like, I had MSU out in the second round of Marquette, and I, I flipped that very last second because I was just like, how can I do this based off feel and emotion? And mm-hmm. all of me was just thinking there's no way a Tom Izzo team is, is going to go down early after something as impactful and traumatic as a school shooting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was... I was thinking about that, and I was just like, there's no way that I can see them losing this early. And I was like, let's send them to the Final Four. Why not? You know, and this the school needs that more than ever, right? I mean, I said this last week. I have one where they're winning, winning it all. Like, yeah. I can't just be bitter in every bracket. <laughs> but, yeah, this one, 
they've been playing really well. I think they do have the ability to pull off a final four. Now that I've seen them play, I mm-hmm. think I think emotions are running high, but in like the best way possible. They're like yeah. channeling that into really great defensive play. They're obvious they're kind of struggling a little bit on the offensive end of the ball. They're not hitting threes like they normally do. But the way that they picked up defensively is helping them win these games. Sure. Yeah, I think Jaden Aikens is a huge cause of that. Jaden Aikens is just a, a wonderful defender. He mm-hmm. he moves his feet. Um, you know, he gets in front of guys and, and really does everything you need to. I think he's he's really just like the epitome of what an Izzo guy mm-hmm. is. Um, does all the little things right. Um, and also I think Madison Soko obviously is, has come to form the past two games, which is really helpful. Yeah, cause he's he, had great he, games. Yeah, he locks down the you know the the front court well so and you uh, know what some people see like when they look at stats for a player they'll just look at how many points they had mm-hmm. which is obviously not a great way not everybody does this but i see people talking about it a lot um specifically i'm thinking willie call he hasn't had great offensive games but i think he's still like the rebound that he got at the end of marquette that had Izzo pump in his fist that everybody mm-hmm. like loved. Yeah. Like it's little things like that. And I think he's still such a valuable asset on the floor, even if he's not hitting those shots. Yeah. Um, it's also an emotional experience leader too. For the he team. Is. So you obviously can't replace someone like Malik Hall. Let's circle back to the sweet 16. Cause we did spend a lot of time on that East bracket. I was shocked when Kansas lost to Arkansas. That was not something I saw happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had them going to the Final Four. Yes, I I had Kansas losing to UConn, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I Kansas is one of those picks that I had um, in the Final Four originally, and then I was like, let's. For some reason, I said let's go based off feel, and I or no, I just didn't feel right to put them there two years in a row, and. I guess it worked out for me. I don't think I really had any real strategy there. Um, I haven't been able to catch Kansas too much, but obviously what a great program that, that mm-hmm. Bill Self has going and um, obviously still had it in the right direction uh, after a national title. But yeah, very shocking. And Arkansas is one of those teams I feel like that I, I never think is going to do well in March and they've strung a few decent years together here. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see what they continue to do. Yeah, I didn't watch that game at all. I just saw the final score. Um, But I do, just looking at the matchup and what I've seen before, I do still want to say I see UConn coming out of that game. But crazier things have happened, obviously. It's been a wild week. It's only been a week. (laughs) But it feels like much longer than that. Yeah. Ooh, I also have... um, this is moving back up to the Midwest quadrant. Um, the Indiana men's team also lost to Miami. Yes. In the second round. Yes. I remember I was Googling, I was trying to Google a score and I was not, I knew that the women's team had lost to Miami. And I don't know why I had no idea who Indiana played in the men's tournament. And I kept thinking that I was getting like the wrong game. I was like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. But yeah. no, both of them lost Miami I don't know much about Miami's team and I almost put um Indiana moving on from that game and then beating Houston Mm -hmm. I ended up switching it last minute but Indiana's such a great team Mm -hmm. and I personally had them going the farthest out of any Big Ten team 
But I think that's a solid pick. I, and that's something I probably would have done. Um, for some reason, I at, at first I had this this kind of portion of the Midwest bracket flipped for a long time. I wanted to pick Drake and Kent State to both win. Mm-hmm. And then something felt really wrong about putting Kent State in the Sweet 16. <laughs> and I'm really glad I, I kind of readjusted there. Um, I ended up picking Miami and Indiana to, to win. And I, I picked Miami to beat Indiana. And for really? I, I, I did. I wow. picked them because I think Jim Laranega is a great basketball coach. Mm-hmm. And he has had just some very sneaky good Miami teams and mm-hmm. being in the ACC he kind of gets to hide a little bit from the 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 blue bloods like Duke and Carolina and even I don't, I don't know if you can call Virginia blue blood but just um very stout ACC programs and he has mm-hmm. put together a a sneaky good and consistent um basketball program down there in Coral Gables and he's been able to do that the past few years because of a guard um by the name of Isaiah Wong mm-hmm. and Isaiah led them on a run, I want to say, to the Elite Eight last year. And, you know, once I kind of remembered that and I was like, you know what, why not send them to the Sweet 16 and and, and put them in a matchup with Houston and it ended up working out for me. So Yeah, and I like that you said, like, sneaky good teams because you don't hear about Miami's basketball team a lot, um, at least the men's one. I've heard quite a bit about the women's team, obviously, because I was covering women's basketball. That was forefront of my knowledge but I'm I'm excited to see the Miami Houston matchup I think that could be a really interesting game yeah um, yeah it's it really be an upset I, I don't know. yeah I I really think it's um it's a tale of um you know the, the teams that you you kind of are looking at that are remaining there's a few um there's a few substantial like you know prominent college programs like mm-hmm. uh UConn and 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 you, you can probably throw Xavier in that mix and uh, UCLA, Gonzaga, but you've also got the the Houston's, the Alabamas, the the you know the Princeton's, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of a mix of both, and I guess I'm we'll have to see where that takes us. Yeah, Princeton, that's another one that's I would have never picked. I would never ever Princeton. Yeah, Princeton's women's team also upset NC State. Mm. It was a ten seven. Um, I just remember that was, I think it was the first time both their men and women's team advanced in the same year. And the men's team's still going. They've got Creighton to take on. And yeah. normally, I'm a yeah. I'm a Creighton fan. I'll pick Creighton, and I have them coming out of this matchup. But I'm really interested to see how how Creighton matches up with one of the forwards from from Princeton. Um, he he really impressed me in in the, in the Arizona game. Tosan at Bomwan, he is a very lengthy forward who can get mm-hmm. to the rim and 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 gets rebound rebounds and can go one on one with pretty much anyone. And he was really the the X factor for Princeton in that Arizona game because he was able to just take over and he didn't really have to rely on um, the other four guards to to get to the rim. He was able mm-hmm. to make his own shot and um, create his own space for himself, which really jump started you know. Uh, a comeback there so I'm really excited to see how Creighton kind of navigates that threat because he he's become a force in that that south region this year yeah and then I do foresee whoever wins that game taking on Alabama don't like saying it I don't like saying either but I do see it happening (laughs) I do see it happening I don't think that San Diego State matches up and Alabama's been so dominant so far in the tournament 
Yeah, tough to pick them. I, I, I really didn't want to send them to the Final Four, but I did. I didn't. And I played with that a lot, and I was like, how can I avoid doing this? And it really didn't feel right. Um, but well, I, I was banking on Virginia, yeah. taking them down, yeah. so that obviously didn't work out for me. But I think if Alabama goes up against Creighton or Princeton in the Elite Eight, they're going to go to the Final Four. I agree. And and to go back to the uh, the Midwest bracket, I have not gotten a chance to watch a lot of Houston this year, but it just fe- it felt right for me to – send Houston to the Final Four with mm-hmm. the Final Four in Houston. You and know. you know what? Once you get – they're going to have a home crowd. It's Houston, yeah. in Houston. It felt right. I feel I, – I know. I I did that as well. Yeah. And I just feel like that energy is going to help. They're a great team, obviously. They wouldn't be the number one seed if they weren't. Um, I really do think that Final Four home crowd is going to – completely elevate their game if they get to that point which i assume that they will and you know now that i think about it you've got texas working with that same energy as well texas is a huge you know alumni base throughout the state of texas and and throughout the country and Mm -hmm. just a a massive brand really so if if you got houston and and texas in that elite made at elite eight matchup working to go to an in-state final four Mm -hmm. destination i think that's going to be a possible one of the best games of the tournament right there um i really like texas as well they have a a minnesota transfer guard marcus carr who is just Mm -hmm. um a very impressive guard and i think guard play is going to kind of dictate that game if houston and texas end up matching up where is tech like texas in texas that's a weird sentence like how close are they to houston is i guess what i'm trying to say they're in austin texas so Austin is, I want to say probably like three to five hours north. Okay. That's not that bad. And Houston. So the thing about Houston too is Houston's definitely like a smaller brand. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if their enrollment is much smaller, but I definitely know that Houston um, is is just a smaller basketball program. And I mean, a, there's so many Texas fans. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so Texas is just obviously. like a national brand, right? Yeah. So it's like. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if that was like if if Texas and Houston like were to theoretically play in Houston for the final mm-hmm. four, even though they can't. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was like 50-50, you know. And you know what? I had Penn State beating A&M in the first round, but I wanted that A&M-Texas game in the I did second too. round. I did too. I think that's a great rivalry, and I'm sad they don't play a lot now because they're in these different conferences. I but know. I think that is a great rivalry that they got down there. That would have been a fun game. And I think that A&M could have pulled off the upset. Just, I like that team a lot. I think they're a great team. I've watched them a few times just during the season. And Julius Marble's there, too. I so know. So I, I, was, I was cheering <laughs> from afar for him, too, right? I know. I say that like I didn't pick Penn State to move on anyway. Yeah, right. Me, too. Well, Penn State, too, I really liked yeah. um, with, with Pickett. So it felt it felt wrong to pick against that team they were yeah i mean they're a great team i thought they were gonna win anyway i did too just some sometimes you can think about it and dream yeah i don't know i do think it is wild that we're the last michigan state is the last big 10 team standing i do too if you told me that about a month ago i would have been like "Mm, well i was on here a few uh, a month ago and we were like well this is just a you know uh a competition between you know Purdue at the top, and then there's like twelve Big Ten teams that mm-hmm. are like battling out, and it you know Purdue losing to a 16 seed is very 
just representative of their program. I feel like they they yeah. do so well in the regular season, right? They'll they'll they might raise a banner for the regular season championship, and they just struggle to get out of the second weekend. It's they do. It's or out of the first weekend, I should say. Which has got to be so frustrating as a Purdue fan. Oh, Purdue Twitter was in shambles. <laughs> Are you the, on Purdue Twitter? Well, I saw a glimpse of it, <laughs> and it was not pretty. And, and I don't you, think MSU Twitter would be pretty either if we yeah. lost a game like that. Oh, of course. Well, it wasn't pretty after Middle Tennessee a few years ago. So. Oh yeah. You, you can remember that, but you know, I, was, I actually saw a stat about that. It was like, um, you know, that game. If you think back, uh, Middle Tennessee just like shot crazy well like they, mm-hmm. they shot like an insane percentage and it someone compared it to like the the fdu stat line and um and i believe the umbc virginia won too and they didn't shoot quite as well so for us and for michigan state fans it was kind of like an out would be like oh okay you know we lost that game they just shot like crazy mm-hmm. what can you do versus a, a team like fdu and purdue it's like you just got outplayed you know yeah and this is circling back to the fdu thing they're the shortest team in D1, I mm-hmm. believe. And Crazy. watching them go up against Zach Eady, I said this last week. I thought they were going to like gang up on him. They knew that he shouldn't be able to get the ball or else they're going to lose. And they did exactly that. Zach Eady literally barely touched the ball, I feel like. Which is crazy to think because you like people in that know the game will pick these games because of like that matchup it's like mm-hmm. if if you're going against the smallest team in college basketball who is like you know 200th in this metric and Purdue is like top 10 in this other me- you know it's mm-hmm. like how could you even go about even thinking about picking that you don't yeah. and that's why that's why March is just the greatest thing ever just so is. much parody and I, I love Michigan State this year too I love how they're a seven seed um I this team reminds me a lot of the the final four team from 2015 so we had you know, we had Travis Trice, mm-hmm. um, Matt Costello, I believe, was in there, Denzel Valentine. And we were seven seed that year also. And that felt like a very guard-heavy team that, mm-hmm. that kind of took us. And um, we we kind of relied on Trice and Valentine to make a lot of our 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 shots and our action happen. And it just feels so similar. And I, I really just – it felt right to throw them in the Final Four this year yeah. just because of that context and, you know. And you know exciting. what? I see um... – there's always that thing that's like, oh, they're going to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2019. That wasn't that long ago. No, <laughs> at all. And it's like, obviously, it's campus, East Lansing, Michigan State fans. Like, it's incredible when the team does well. And I saw somebody say that, like, we're a little bit spoiled <laughs> because you want, like, we haven't missed a tournament in so long. So you're like, oh, they lost in the second round. Like, fire Izzo. Like, this is awful. There's nothing you can do about that. There are teams who literally haven't made the tournament in years. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny to just see, like, first time since 2019. Oh, and MSU know. Twitter gets in, like, in, in shambles. Like, it, it, it just – it's funny every time that comes up because whenever we have conversations about Izzo and, you know – we're obviously like as a fan base and as fans, we're it, we're more than mm-hmm. acceptable. It's more than acceptable to critique, critique and you know mm-hmm. talk about things and talk about sports because that's what we love to do, right? But yeah, even even for fans that aren't a part of the Michigan State community, I think are a little you know 
primed to the fact that Izzo was just always there. Mm -hmm. So when people have conversations about Izzo and March and all these things, it's, you know, I, I think we as a fan base can feel spoiled and that does come across sometimes but i also think other people across the country just like mm -hmm. forget that how this is like so rare this is incredibly is. rare um i think it's the longest streak besides kansas i think so which is in, in, in tournament appearances which is it's just like wild and sometimes i think people just forget that that doesn't happen everywhere else and i yeah. think we do too and like i grew up as a michigan state fan so yeah. i'm like oh yeah Tournament time. Yeah. yeah like I've me never too. I've never been alive when Michigan State wasn't in the tournament. Yeah. Um but that bring it back to Michigan State Twitter. Some sometimes I have to just log out. I I saw somebody um so the game against USC was on St. Patrick's Day, which is a crazy day to begin with. And Michigan State won. People are excited. Um, I saw in the Barstool account somebody ended up burning a couch. I'm not here to tell you whether or not you should do that. That's not my place. But I saw like a random adult on Twitter just being like, this is shallow water energy. Like, why are you doing this? It's the first round of a tournament. I Let the kids have fun. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lots of opinions about a lot of things it is. all the time, all and, the time. And it's like you're so far removed from college and like it's St. Patrick's Day. Everybody's having a good time. And obviously, given the past month that we've had, mm -hmm. like I had to put my phone down. Yeah. I was like, come on. Yeah, that would frustrate me to see that, especially with that term, like <laughs> the, the shallow water or deep water stuff that we've got we've had going for the past few years. We we. It, just it's going off that we have our own little like community and our, our our own little lingo now it's it's really funny it's um you know i'm sure other fan bases look at it and they're like what what what's going on over there but yeah i mean let's just like let us have fun up here we've had a really rough you know past few weeks past month mm -hmm. and it's just just going off of that it's been also really great to see how much this has brought us together just like everything else oh yeah um, absolutely i i think we need a final four more than ever like i, I said think we do too. um so you know Seeing how that would transform this campus more than it already has been, um, you know, I really hope that ends up happening for us. Yeah. And I think, you know what? I will never tell people not to have fun. Unless you're, like, harming someone. Don't do that. But, like, you're allowed to get excited about your basketball team winning a game. It's mm -hmm. a tournament. Yeah. Why not? Enjoy it. Life is short. It is. Yeah. You only have four years in college. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't do it after college. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's right. just... I don't know. It's different. It's a whole little community. It's your own little world. Very well, exciting. thank you so much again for joining me. Of course. I really appreciate it. Um, once again, this is the Sports Roundtable podcast, and you can get it wherever you find your podcasts.